how dumb for having Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 29. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other for 30 odd years who get together in the Melbourne CBD pretty much each uh, each day and talk footy and the Mighty Bombers. Uh, with me as always is Scott. How are you doing, Scotty? Two wins in a row, baby. How good is life when you win two wins in a row? And look, if you're looking at that schedule during the year, if you pointed at a game that you said, we probably have... Close to zero chance at the start <laughs> Winning, of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's GWS at home. So at GWS, yeah. A, a fantastic result. Uh, it still means we're four and six, so we're definitely not out of any uh, no. out of any danger as yet. But no. it, significantly, you felt like the club has turned a little bit of a corner and they're playing with a heck of a lot of passion, a lot of confidence, uh, set up really well. Um so it's been it's just been a nice fortnight for a change. Oh mate, the attitude, the the pressure that the guys have put on for the last two weeks is just 180 degree chalk and uh, chalk and cheese kind of yeah. attitude, and it's it's led to mistakes by good players. It's led to mistakes. It's led to all of those things that um, that pressure on the opposition can bring because. The, the talent's there, the Devin Smiths of the world, the Zach Merritts of the world, the Heppels of the world. Um, they're all there and they're absolutely taking advantage of this kind of pressure and this new, this, I hate to say it, but new way of playing. Um, yeah. On the lunchtime catch-up today, Scotty, we've got a, uh, we've got a very special guest. Um, he's joining us from The Age. He's a sports reporter with The Age. It's Mr. Ronnie Lerner. Yeah, um, he's a he's a really good reporter. He's a bit of a Mad Bombers fan, so uh, uh, I'm sure he'll have some insight. And look, we're going to have the introduction here quite light because most of the conversation we want to have with Ronnie about yep. the game. Uh, by the way, just on very left field matter, very left field. Uh, we had an interesting moment at Nando's this last week, didn't <laughs> yes, we? Yes, we did. So just yes, to, we just did. we wanted to. To make sure we sound authentic, one of our lunchtime catch-ups when we're talking sport. Yep. Uh, we didn't get his name, so if you're we listening, should have got his name. I can't believe we no, didn't get his name. If, you, if you're listening, a big hi. But uh, he was sitting right next to us, and he picked up our voices and said, "Hey, I know you do. You, I love the show. So, I love the show. Uh, Absolutely freaks us out. Um, that's twice it's happened to me, and the first time it's happened to Scotty. So, um, <laughs> a big, a big hello to him. And uh, yeah, if you're ever if you're ever in the CBD and you hear our voice, come over and say hi. Yes, exactly. So, look, it was a fantastic result, uh, both VFL and AFL. By uh, the yeah, way. we we went to the VFL game, saw what three quarters of that. Um, yeah. And they played brilliantly. And of course, uh, I had to go to a theatre, so I had to leave at three quarter time. And of course, the VFL boys and Aaron Francis absolutely star in the last quarter. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, pull away in the last quarter. We can give you a kind of a view of how we thought the VFL went, but I get a feeling we missed the crucial part of the game when they actually starred because it was a little bit scrappy. The game we saw. No, nah, not 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 for my man. My man was awesome. Um, did was I tell you, Did I tell you he's got a new his new nickname? What's that? It's, it's Margaret. It might sound weird, but think about it. Margaret, Zerk Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher, you with me? I'm with you. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, good. It, 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 yeah, I'm saying. My man, it's... multiple marks, just looking like an AFL ready footballer. <laughs> well, I um, I wonder if he'll ever be sponsor of the week sometime. Oh mate, we could get um, we could I could ask the question. <laughs> I sense as a sponsor of the week hey, coming. Did I tell you that we've got a new sponsor this week? Have we? Yeah, you got a new sponsor. Oh my god, yeah, it's great. It's a great new sponsor. Really happy to have him on board. Well, I look forward to uh, hearing what the sponsor uh, is all about this week. I'm always intrigued 
because I really am sort of blindsided on these sponsors. So uh, look, man, I'm I'm in, I'm in charge of the sponsor department, and uh, we've got a great one this week. Something strange has happened. Uh, I've just got a text message from Carl Langford, uh, friend of the show, asking us to give him a call. So I'm just going to give him a call, see what's up with Carl. Uh, another great game. So um, sure, we'll send him our positive thoughts. Let's see. Hello. Hey, is this Carl Langford? Yeah, yeah. Is this uh, is this Scott and Grant? Yeah, it is. You're you're live on the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast, mate. How are you going? Oh, good day, mate. I'm really good. I just thought I'd ring in to, to say um, that I'm really enjoying the really enjoying the podcast. Hang, hang on, mate. Really enjoying the podcast. Hang on a second, Scotty. Hey, hey, get off me! Will you stop holding me? It's it's the next day, mate. I've got to get home. I'm sitting here at the airport, and you're still hanging on to me. Oh, um, well, uh, I'm not sure what to say to that. Uh, obviously, there's a bit of an argument, but we'll let Carl go. Yeah, um, big thanks for Carl um, to call in there. It seems uh, pretty weird it's yeah. to still be in Sydney. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, we'll move on to our uh, our guest, Mr. Ronnie Lerner. Um, we'll, uh, we'll get him on the line. Let's get him on the line. And on the line, we have uh, a great journalist from The Age, Ronnie Lerner. How are you, Ronnie? Uh, very well, thanks. Uh, how are yourselves going? Very, very good. Uh, look, obviously, I think we're both kind of Essendon men, if, I, if I'm right. Yeah, no, well, I've um, pretty much, I was born into an Essendon family, and um, I think the first game I attended was the 1990 Foster's Cup Grand Final against North Melbourne. So, uh, uh, Foster's could, Cup, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, going back a fair way. So you could definitely say, say I am an Essendon man. I think that's a fair assessment. So I guess the the first question is it's been an interesting year for Essendon. Uh in all seriousness we're still only 4 and 6 so there's no way can you say it's been a successful year. But how how would you do you describe sort of the year so far and as, and, and especially in light of the last 2 weeks? Well uh, yeah as you say it's, it's I mean that's a very good point you raise because I mean it's been a great last 2 weeks for Essendon but um, I guess Essendon supporters uh, in particular, I don't think they should get, they should be too, um, how do I say, excited. Or they shouldn't be getting too carried away just yet. Because let's not forget, um, you know, Essendon did make a final series last year. And on the back of that final series, they went out on, an, on a very aggressive recruiting spree. So they brought in, obviously, Stringer, Sarden, Smith. Yep. And to start us, that's obviously a, a massive signal of intent. They thought that they were at least going to win a final this year. I think that would have been a minimum heading into this year. So when you take that into consideration, you start a year two and six. It was a bitterly, bitterly disappointing start to the year for Essendon. There's no question about it. There are signs, obviously, in the last two weeks, um, very positive signs. Um, it's almost... I don't know if it's if this is harsh or not, but it's it's almost um, I don't know if you can call it the Mark Neal effect. I really don't. it's just extraordinary. <laughs> it, it interesting. It is, so to interrupt, mate, is, is it as simple as that? Because uh, Scotty and I have been debating this quite a lot. In that the, the the way we played in the first six or eight rounds or whatever it was um, was just really really bad and not reflective. <laughs> of the players that we had available and okay, Jake, he's not a hundred percent fit. And, but it wasn't reflective of the players that we had out on the park. There was, there was all Australians out there that just were playing really bad. Now, all of a sudden, Mr. Neild, thank you for your time at Essendon, but he's gone now. Um, and all of a sudden we turn around, like I can understand if the structures were a little bit better, but we still weren't playing particularly well, but the effort and 
enthusiasm and vicious tackling and just the attitude change has been incredible. Do you think that it is the kneeled factor or do you think there's other factors contributing? It, it could be as simplistic as that. It really could be. I know, listen, we're two weeks in from Neil's departure and maybe it is a bit too simplistic, but mm. it's an incredible coincidence that as soon as Neil, who was the game, the, was it the game day performance manager? I think that was his title. Yeah. As soon as he left the club, all of a sudden, Essen starts playing this more direct game. So you're kicking a lot more than handballing. You, you, you've scrapped that whole, I don't know, for, for the first eight weeks, they, there was this obsession with um, launching every single play from defense and just yeah. kicking sideways, going backwards. And and that really, I'm sure you guys were aware of this, probably except <laughs> for that that Port Adelaide game and maybe the Adelaide game. Although the Adelaide game, don't forget, Adelaide was still up by 20 points, having you know with with eight of their best players out. So I think that Adelaide game was a little bit misleading, but it was a great last quarter. But uh, and that really put the rest of the um, the side out of kilter because when when Essendon in those first eight weeks, when Essendon did have the ball and they were streaming forward. So often there was, there was no one in in the forward fifty. Everyone had been sucked up the ground, Absolutely. and that forced and that forced um, so many players to sort of stop, go sideways, go backwards, and of course that let the opposition so much time to you know flood uh, get, get back into position in their defensive structure. And by the time they were, Eston was able to you know find someone up forward, it was too late. The the opposition had already well and truly cordoned off every avenue to goal and and as a result of that listen the, the plays clearly but they they just did they were confused out there they didn't know yeah so they, yeah, they were absolutely. being asked to play a game side that clearly was just too complicated and there was a real domino effect so so as a result of that they lose their confidence because they you know they, they feel i don't know Possibly even they they may have been feeling stupid out there at times because you know you're one of the biggest clubs in the land you're you're playing in front of so many people, and that leads to a confidence issue dropping. That leads to poor decision making. That leads to poor skill level, and then it, it gets to a stage where um, you know everyone's almost in survival mode. They just they're too scared to make a mistake, so they pass it off. So they'll, yeah. know, they'll, they would rather pass it off to a player who's in a worse position, with, you know, like one or two guys bearing down on him. Let them have the responsibility. I don't want it. It was real. There was a lot of that going on in the first eight weeks. Now, yeah. yeah. And, and now, sorry to interrupt, but now we've got. Um, it's just the last two weeks. All that's going out the window. They're playing. They've really simplified things. They're playing a much more direct uh, game. They're, as I said, they're kicking a lot more than than, than handballing, and. The, the, the as you, as one of you guys mentioned earlier, the, the pressure and the intensity. I mean, the tackling's just been off the charts in the last two weeks, and yeah, it is really, it really is day, night and day. It's just a different Essendon team, and and listen, <laughs> it just so happened that all that started after Neil departed. So you better <laughs> ask the question: Have have things in the coaches box changed? You know, is a guy like Mark Harvey being given, you know, one of the great assistant coaches of recent times, and you know. Have, had a fair bit of success at Freo. I know they did. He did. You know, you yeah. know, so, so, I mean, a great footy mind. Maybe he's, you know, being allowed to give more input. And so it just makes you wonder, doesn't it? Well, I mean, this some of the areas I see is... I, I Like, my common sense brain, I'm thinking, surely it can't be just Mark Neal. But it, it is a weird... It is a weird 
conundrum what's happened but you but i also see other things i see especially in the last two weeks i see danaha not playing hurley not playing and that's they're obviously very good players but what had happened then is the structure of the tools and smalls the balance of that changed a bit in the side we um fantasia came in uh mm. we had we had it seemed to have a bit more run and carry a bit yeah. more a bit more dare as you would say so it, it was kind of like everything just happened at once we had this we had this turmoil week with mark neil and i can't help think that even just the act of mark neil leaving actually must have gone through the plays as well of just oh like as a little bit of a statement to them, like this is how bad it's got that we've actually lost one of our coaches. Yeah, very plausible. <laughs> they may have actually felt guilty, you know, in a way. Who, who, who really knows? And they may, that may have spurred them on to playing the way that they've been yeah. playing. And, and and so often we've heard, um, you know, Wusher in the, in, in the in the public domain questioning what the club, what the team stands for. They don't know what they stand for, he said a few times. And you got Heppel quite, um, you know, when things started getting really bad, you know, when the around about the losses to Hawthorne and Carlton, you know, publicly questioning, do players really want to play for us? If they don't want to play the way we want to play, they'll go to the VFL. So, you know, those those when those public statements start being made, you're being you're almost being questioned. I mean, this is their livelihood. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'm not too sure what you guys do for a living, but if you're questioned, uh, you know, the job that you're doing so publicly, that's got to you'd think that would elicit some sort of reaction. And that um, has got a yeah. sting. Yeah, well, it's got a, it's it's going to have some sort of sting about it, and. Um, and it's it, that could quite possibly have have um, you know played its part in this this mini revival that we're seeing at the moment. Just um, just on Dyson Heppel, you'd have to give him like there was obviously you and I see silly tweets all the time. So obviously people saying to shave his beard and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he in all seriousness, his last two weeks and even the week before that when he started making that statements, I thought I thought. That may be the evolution of Dyson Heppel, the captain, coming through. It felt like he just had a gut full, and he obviously went to the younger players. and, and McGrath's talking about him going to the younger players and almost, in in some ways, apologising as on behalf of the leaders for what they're showing the kids. Yeah. I I feel like he's changed in the last three weeks, and his leadership, on field and off field, may be the making of him. It's it's not not a bad call. I actually reckon you know he's had the captaincy for what for about uh, eighteen months roughly. I yeah. reckon he's had the best month he's had as captain. I reckon he can go even further back. I reckon um, that Hawthorne game is when it really started showing through. Like he he was he couldn't have done much more that day against the Hawks. Like he was really fighting a, a losing battle all day pretty much. And and listen, there's no question. I mean, I, I publicly, I mean, I tweeted this quite often that in that the four or five weeks preceding that Hawthorne game, I just was. I was amazed at how many um, skill errors Dyson was making. Like, I mean, this is an all-Australian best and fairest player from 2014. I mean, he, you know, he wasn't he Robinson was a, Crusoe. Yeah, he was. He, he was a shadow of what he was, and he was just yeah. making. He, he just there was a stage where it got to a stage where when he had the ball, you just had no confidence he was going to hit a target. Which was yeah, I agree. You know, you just found yourself. Is this really? Is this Dyson Heppel? Like, it, it was. It was just. It was, it was astounding. And then, so, but then, as you say, the last month he's completely turned around. He's just, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's really led from the front. And from what I hear, he's really in the, you know, in the background, he's really, really working hard to try and turn things around in so many ways at the club, both on field and off field. Because this, I think this is, um, 
he's really he really takes the captaincy to heart and uh, you know the yeah, start of the year does. really has really stung him. I reckon it's really stung him, and it's really shown the last month. I mean, his performance against against the Giants on, on Saturday night. You know, they don't have you know they're missing quite a few players still, but they've still got guys like Cornelio and Shield and and Kelly and, and Ward. These are these are pretty tough hombres in there, and and to to win something like twelve clearances was it or something? Yeah, like that? he did. Yeah, twenty eight touches. He was absolutely sensational and was really the I mean he was he was my best player on, on Saturday night and um, really led from the front and I think I think he really is starting to uh, for the first time in his captaincy I mean because last year was quite a, a fun year for the bombers I reckon it was there, there weren't there wasn't too much adversity facing them and there weren't too many expectations on them either because you know they've come off that year in 2016 so it wasn't yeah. like they kind of had a free hit so they, you know they, it, was, it, was, it really was a win-win year. This yeah. is the first time he's really felt the heat as skipper, and and he's responded magnificently. Now, I, I, one question I wanted to ask you was, uh, Scotty sort of mentioned earlier about that, um, the mix of talls and smalls. Now, I reckon Orazio Fantasia is incredibly important for this club, in that uh, just, just everything he does around things that he does around the ground, but how dangerous he is in a forward half. And you know yeah. what? I reckon our mids and the players that are running. Um, sort of off the back line, they're looking for Orazio. I think they've got a really high confidence level in him and his skills. I think he's a really important player. What do you, what do you think about Orazio's last couple of games? Oh, no, no question. Um, he, start, he he came back for the Carlton game, I think it was, after that long injury layoff. So yep. he, he did a few nice things that game. I mean, that was a, a horrible, that's probably the worst day of the year for, for the SM football exactly club. Right. Uh, yep. We're on many levels, but he started, he, I mean, he started showing a bit then, but, yeah, against Geelong, he was great. And on the weekend, how was it? I mean, that goal from the boundary line, that, oh. was, that, that was all class, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it was set up by Jake Stringer, who we should talk on and should touch on at some stage as well, because he, he, he was uh, great as well. But, you know, that the, the, there was hardly, I mean, it was, it was really uh, threading the eye of the needle sort of stuff from uh, Orazio. And that was um, a magnificent highlight. And, yeah, he's when he's up and running... <laughs> There's no, there's no coincidence that uh, you'll find that the Essendon Football Club's up and running because he's just such a magnificent player, he's so skillful, and such a beautiful shot for goal. You know when he's when Absolutely. he's um, and he's he's a good decision maker, and that's really important for a for a side that wants to you know consider itself a, a potential finalist. So now you can't speak highly enough of the impact that he's he's been having at the club in the last year or so. And let's talk about Jake Stringer. Um, I think I even tweeted you a response to your tweet. Probably about three weeks ago, we um, even on this podcast, uh, we weren't calling for his sacking or anything, but we were saying, gee, he wouldn't want to keep this form up because he he would have to be in somewhat in jeopardy of his position. And I, I must admit, when I read your tweet, I went, oh, he did make me feel like a fool because it, <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so because because you you got to give this guy continuity and. And a little, I, I sort of almost summed him up a little bit like Laverda. You've got to give these kind of guys continuity and and he's sort of rewarding the club on playing every week now. He's he's having a huge impact physically. Well, I thought I always thought that um, the calls for Stringer to be dropped were just so unfair, in my opinion. I really think, apart from the Hawthorne and the Carlton game, I really think he's he really hasn't... Um, He's been far from Essendon's worst player, in my opinion. He has, he's hardly he's been he's had a pretty good year, um, apart from those two games. Um, you know, he now finds himself 
um, second on, our, on, on the, the Bombers goal kicking just behind Stewart. Uh, he's, yeah. He's, he's playing, he's, 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 you can't, I, I, personally, I can't fault Stringer. He's, the, the, he, it was a bit unfair, all those calls. I think it's just, he's a pretty easy target because he's Jake Stringer. Yeah. But, um, at the time, I think it was after the Carlton game where things were getting really, you know, probably the most vocal you know, on, on Twitter for, or social media for, for him to be dropped. I mean, there were about, I could name, at that stage, at that point in time, I could have rattled off five or ten names I would have rather had dropped before <laughs> thing. I, I yeah. mean, people forget, in the first eight weeks, being a forward in Essendon, in the Essendon lineup, was probably the toughest gig in the AFL. It was, the structure was just all over the place. Yeah. And the delivery was absolutely appalling. So, I mean, I don't know what more could have, could Jake Stringer have done? Yeah, I know there are some knocks on the way, you know, possibly his his body language or the carries him the way he carries himself, and maybe, you know, maybe he could have put in a little bit harder. But geez, he's geared his mates. I mean, to to just pluck out Stringer's name out of every you know out of the hat of what was you know a terrible start to the year. I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's a tall um, poppy. The tall poppy yeah, syndrome. Uh, with him. Well, that's exactly how I feel. I think he's now kicked three bags of three. So. Um, yeah, I don't think he, he didn't do much in my eyes um, to warrant a dropping. I really thought that that was those were very harsh calls. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> as you say, as, as you say, and with continuity, I mean, I think he's just getting better as the year goes on. Now, he was yeah. absolutely fantastic on on the weekend, and uh, um, yeah, I, I think uh, you know at this stage things are things are looking possibly pretty good for for Stringer. I must admit, uh, after the game, I, I, I said to uh, a friend, right now, if you look at the last, so sort of say, fortnight to three weeks, uh, Dodoro would actually be quite happy with getting Sard, Smith and Stringer right now because they're starting to actually turn into solid performing players. I mean, Smith has been amazing with his pressure. I've quite metal. I, I don't think I've seen an Essen play for a decade, in all honesty, had that kind of intensity... Um, as far as tackling and pressure the opposition, mm. oh, and that's a good call. I think I think um, you know in terms of short short recent history, I think Tipper has been pretty good at, um, at all yeah. that sort of stuff. And in his first year, he's probably, he's probably dropped off a bit this year. Um, but you're right, uh, Devin Smith's been uh, from from the get go. He's been a, a great pickup. Um, and yeah, Sard's slowly getting there now. He's sort of he's now going for a few more runs with a bit more confidence. You know, yeah, he's he sort is. of starting to remind everyone of how how effective he was in that role up at the Gold Coast. And, uh, yeah, and as we touched on just then, I, string, I think Stringer has been far from Essendon's worst player. And um, I think, you know, oh, he's definitely a pass mark in the first 10 weeks for me. No, no question. Absolutely. Now, what about the young Western Australian kid, Matt Guelphie? Um, out of nowhere, number 21 touches again this week. Um, incredible last quarter um, this week as well. How have you seen his start? Nah, very impressed with this kid. I've liked him so since he started, really, I, I was quite, I was actually quite disappointed he got dropped for a few weeks because I was really enjoying watching yeah. him play. He just has a crack, doesn't he? He just, he he just gets in, gets his um, gets his hands dirty. He, he debuted against Port Adelaide, wasn't it? That was his debut game. I'm pretty sure it was. Ooh, and, cast your mind um, back. I, I think, think you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was. It was. Yeah. yeah, and I just remember thinking to myself, "Geez, this kid, you know, so, sometimes um, uh, you know, uh, a player on debut, they can really make you shit up and take." Take note, and he was almost—he was almost um, in Essendon's best plays that day. He was really good, and yeah, it was, it was disappointing to see him get dropped. Great to see him back in the team, and he sort of carried on from that that early season form that he showed. He, I think he's—he's he's got a very bright future, and 
Well, uh, you might be able to correct me, but was he was he not taken in the seventies? In the seventies, yeah, in the high seventies. He yeah. missed out on three drafts. He got knocked back for three drafts That's in humble. a row. It's it's just a great uh, it's a great example of persistence and yeah, three drafts, he, pick seventy seven, and look at him. He's, he's he looks so comfortable at the level. Um, he's such a hard tackler and. He's exactly what, what the, I mean, the coach would love what he's been doing in the, in, yeah, in the last few weeks, making it very hard for him to get dropped now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I did hear on the on the TV that they said that he actually came second in defensive pressure stats to Smith for, the whole, for yeah, the whole that's side. That, that's yeah. pretty incredible. I mean, he plays, to me, he plays like someone um, that has missed a lot of opportunities and now grabbing it. Like, it's uh, there's a real steal about him. Oh, he's very—he's hungry, isn't he? He's, he just—he just can't wait to play footy. As soon as that, that day, the day comes around where Essen's playing, or he gets a chance to play footy, you can just tell that's clearly the highlight of his week. He just—he just wants to impress. He wants to make up for lost time, I think. And uh, yeah, and I think he's—he's he's one of those guys. He, the, the way he goes about it, I think Warshall would really like <laughs> like uh, Guelphy. Now, one of the things I wanted to just ask your opinion on too is that a couple of weeks in a row, Essendon's top. Disposal getters have been Zarakis, Heppel, and, and Merritt. Now, our, our honestly goodness A graders in the side. Now, Zarakis with 30 odd again, Dyson Heppel with 28, and Zach Merritt with 24. At the beginning of the year, Zach was being tagged, Zarakis was kind of okay, Dyson was feeling bad. I don't think it's any sort of, um, uh, sort of, uh, what's the word History. I'm choosing for? Um, but no, it's it's not a coincidence is the word I'm looking for. Um, that when those three guys lead our, our possession uh, our possessions for the for the club, we end up winning games and looking really good. What is? Do you think? What What do you think's changed? I mean, why why aren't people running with merit, or or are they running with him? No, it's a good call. I think. Well, I think uh, you could throw Zaharakis in that that buck, that basket I mentioned earlier with. Um, with Heppel, where they when they got the ball earlier in the year, you just you almost expect them to turn it over. It was just an extraordinary lack of confidence and fall from grace in terms of skill. But yeah, it's just turned around unbelievably since that Carlton game. And and as North Melbourne have found out this year, if you've got all your best players uh, playing at their optimums, I mean, it's it's no no surprise that you start winning games of football. And that's what's happened the last two weeks. Um, Merritt, uh, yeah, I don't think that the, the tag has been. As tight in the as last heavy, weeks. Yeah. I think that's. I, I don't think the, the thing is. I don't think Geelong really. I mean, because they don't have Scott Selwood in at the moment, so I don't really think they have a real negating type. And I don't think GWS really either. Have no. One. So, so that may have, that may have played into into Zach's hands on those two occasions. Um, but yeah, uh, but you add add to those three. You add uh, Hooker, who's now playing incredible football. Bell Chambers is now, you know, I mean, he's he's, he's, he's had a, ever since he replaced Lundberger in the ruck in the middle of last year, has not put a foot wrong. And I think he's one of the more underrated ruckmen in the comp. I think he only had about four or five disposals on the weekend, but I had him clearly in Essendon's best players. He was so influential at the stoppages, something like 19, 19 hits to advantage or something like that. Yeah, and that's yeah, right. Essendon won the clearance count by plus 13. That was a smashing. And, and no... Um, Thanks largely to to the work of uh, Bell Chambers. So so all Essen's so in the last fortnight the 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 team's real key players are really yeah. starting to you know play at their absolute best, and yeah. it's no coincidence really uh, that that the they've racked up two wins in both weeks. As I said, look at North Melbourne that it's been happening for them all year, and suddenly just started happening for Essen. And and look and for a coach that's been under a lot of pressure, and you can tell by his. Uh 
media oh, performances. I can, you, I can tell you firsthand. I've been in about two or three of his press conferences. <laughs> so I can tell you firsthand is uh, the demeanour has changed very much in the last month. It's, I think I think we're starting to see whoosh of the player more than whoosh of yeah. the coach. I think. And I, it's funny. I think I think the fans actually are, are kind of liking it, but uh, probably the probably the guys. Uh, unfortunately, you have to go to the hangar. And... Ah, it's a bit of fun. No drama. Right. No, but that that's, that would be an interesting sort of question for you when you when you stood opposite him and he's not in a happy mood where he's in the uh the the sort of mood he was in last week with the who whom whom oh yeah that was a true i was at that one that was like with it i was on the other side of that of that um scrum and apparently i was being um live uh what facebook by the the herald sun twitter feed and apparently it looked like i was trying to like turn my head to stop laughing or something i I don't think i was (laughs) laughing but maybe it was just just I heard I heard by whom say about five times. I thought, well, this has been pretty interesting. What's going on? Here? <laughs> do you, but, do you uh, change nah. Do you change your sort of tact with with Wushu? Like when you see him come out and he's not a happy boy, or you know it's do you, Do you change the kind of question, or do you just go in and and if you get hammered, you get hammered? <laughs> nah, personally, I I, I I might be in a minority. I actually love it when coaches are like that, and I don't I don't uh, change the questioning one bit. I stick to what I want to ask, even if it. Listen, they're, they're big boys. They get paid how much money a yeah. year? They, they, yeah. they can take a they can take a tough question or two. You know, it's not going to kill them. So they expect it, and um, I, you know, we expect it to be in a, in a certain mood on certain days. But you got to ask the questions. You got to ask the questions. So even if yep. uh, you think that they're not going to be too happy with it, well, that's that's just bad luck. It's just part of the gig. So I guess the interesting part now is we've got the Dreamtime game coming up. Uh, Richmond, obviously, an extremely good side. Very well drilled on pressure. So, first of all, our A game on pressure has to be there, or I consider it just we'll lose. Um, but secondary, we've got a VFL game. So, you've got Francis getting best on ground. You've got Hurley pretty much ready to go. You've got Myers ready to go. Much is, is available now. So, this is almost the reverse pressure on Wusher on how he sees the world moving forward in this next two weeks before the bye. How many does he bring in to not, you know, what is his view on unsettling the side if he brings in too many? Like, I I would have my view, this is personally, the way Langford's a little growing each game, I'm not sure Myers has a spot for me at the moment because I feel like Langford's doing his role. But I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. No, I reckon the, the way the way the team's playing at the moment, uh, in terms of selection, you only bring in the first first eighteen players who are just non negotiables. So right now, the only person you bring in is Hurley. I think I don't think Myers is in the best eighteen, possibly best mm. twenty two, possibly. But you know, if you're a best twenty two player, I don't think there's much you know there's much need uh, to to change a formula that's been. It's clearly working so incredibly well. I mean, yeah, to, to, to be back to be preliminary finalists back to back, you know, one away from home, you're not going to make too many changes. Um, so yeah, Hurley's the only one. Uh, it doesn't really matter how well Francis is playing, really. That, 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 that's to me, that doesn't really matter. You know, yep. he, 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 you don't bring him into the team that's playing so well uh, right now. Right now, of all the names you mentioned, Hurley's the only one that's a walk-up start. Other than that, you mm. just keep playing. You just keep going. You keep going with this formula. Uh, why would you change it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, has it surprised you the 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 move of Bagley forward? 
Oh, it has surprised me. He was speaking of best plays. He was he was almost best on ground for me. I thought he yeah. set the tone, set the tone incredibly well in that first quarter with his energy and those the first two goals. When's the last time Bagley has ever kicked two, the first two goals of a game? It was incredible. <laughs> I think uh, he. Um, I heard a stat. He um he improved his total goals scored in his career by 50% in one yeah, game. it was something like that. That's right. He, he went into the game with six and came out of it with nine. So. Yeah, exactly. And, right. then he, and then he kicked that clutch goal at the end to finish off the game. He was magnificent. I think he's... Yeah. That's that's a great move. Uh, you know, that's a great... That's been a great move. So they've, they've really reinvented Bagley because he was sort of... He didn't start the the year in the in the side. No, I think Matty D was started ahead of him in, in the Adelaide game. And I think he only came back for that Bulldogs game. Yep. And he was probably actually, you know, what in that Bulldogs game, Bagley was probably one of the very few that could have held his held his head high in that game because he really, he had a huge crack through his body around and really reminded everyone of you know how you're supposed to play. And that was a that was another shocking performance, uh, as I'm sure most of your listeners can remember. But Bagley, yeah, we're, we're going to forget that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't speak high enough of Bagley. What a move that's driven. That's been an inspired move. So Absolutely. yeah, and it, it, it's something that. Um, something that's obviously a need and they've, they've identified and they've, they've thought to themselves well Bagley's capable of fulfilling that role and geez they've been vindicated so far haven't they good old bags mate you can chuck him pretty much anywhere that bloke yeah, absolutely been a great servant of the club hasn't he been absolutely great. Yes. great club man now, um, mate, we could go through pretty much the rest of every player on the AFL and VFL <laughs> list with you, um, keep you here for the next good hour and a half, but um, we, we better let you go. We really appreciate the uh, you coming on the podcast with us, uh, Ronnie. We um, we appreciate your insights, and um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, pleasure, fellas. Thanks for having me. And now for the Lunchtime Catch-Up Sponsor of the Week. Have you been pigeonholed your whole life? Have you been told you're heading for retirement? Do you never get to play in the fun part of your company? Well, come on down to Mark Bagley's School of Positional Transformation. Let Mark show you his patented techniques on how to transform your skill set to get to where you want to be. Courses include headbands and how they can improve your performance whilst maintaining your manliness. How to make everyone think you suddenly have five more years in you by kicking goals. So come on down to our Frankston flagship store and ask to speak to Mark. Mark Bagley's School of Positional Transformation, where your position is our priority. And we thank Mark Bagley for being the sponsor of the week. I wasn't expecting that, but... uh. Again, we uh, always thank our weekly sponsors. Absolutely. Mark Bagley's School of Positional Transformation. Get down there and say hi. Yes, and uh, get a headband. <laughs> so let's uh, wrap things up. We like to make it nice and short and sharp this week. Uh, fantastic result again, as we de- as we discussed. Big game coming up. Dream time. Probably the biggest. Because like, this, is, this is... We've had two in a row... We're all chock full of confidence, but this yep. is the one. If we win this, does the lid come off or what? The lid comes off more when we beat Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Then I know. Then I know we've truly changed. True. Uh, so, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you again for all your support. Uh, we hope to have some really exciting guests. Hopefully, we get some really exciting news coming up soon on a on a certain guest. 
We're just trying to lock we, in the time. We can say what the guest is because we've said it on the on the Facebook page. We're we're trying to we're trying to lock down Hurdy. We we can't believe it, but we've we've almost got James Hurd. In fact, we pretty much have got him. We just need to get a time lockdown with with the man and the legend. But uh, in the upcoming weeks, we've got um, also Rowan, Rowan Connolly. Yeah, Ron Connolly. Like Ron Connolly, next week. he's officially booked in, uh, likely next week, um, and uh, Hurdy. Whenever we can get him on the podcast. Yeah, we've we've obviously had a, a few emails. Uh, he said he's agreed to come on, so we'll, we're just going to now organise a time yep. where it suits him, and that's fair enough. So hopefully, we can give you some updated news soon. Yep, keep a, keep an eye out on the Facebook page for that. But yeah, check us out on our iTunes and SoundCloud channel. Again, thanks for all the amazing support we get. Uh, and all the uh, the downloads and everything. Uh, our second most popular country this week was Indonesia. Indonesia so this week. Thank you for all the SM people in Bali. Big, big, it's exactly, that's drinks. what it is. That is exactly what it is. Here am I thinking of other of other cities in Indonesia. No, nah, that's expats in uh, in Bali. <laughs> so uh, if you're listening, uh, have a drink on us. Yep, absolutely. Let's go Bombers for a big win. Uh, big thank you to Ron. Uh, big thank you to Ronnie Lerner. Oh, huge thank you to Ronnie Lerner. He was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Really passionate AFL man. And, and bomber man. Yeah. So, knows his stuff. Uh, I'm always a good read when you check out his articles. So. And thank you to uh, thank you to a very strange phone call from uh, Kyle Langford. Yeah, for well, being on the we're, show. we're not sure what happened there, but we'll, we'll try and get him on next week. We'll see, yeah, see what happens. See if there's anyone else. Maybe people have let him go by then. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's hope he can play three weeks in a row. That's my Absolutely. Thought. So, thanks again for, your, for all your support. Uh, tune in next week for likely Ron Connolly and we'll discuss the Dreamtime game and hopefully it's another third week happy Oh man, that'd be brilliant. Thanks again everyone. See you later guys. See ya.